Welcome to the Monday morning episodes. Each episode is a crisp 15 minutes or less, and it features a diverse lineup of guests from accomplished authors and amazing practice owners to highly respected experts, consultants, and innovative entrepreneurs in their respective industry. Now, the mission of this episode is to bring you a single extraordinary piece of advice for practice owners that's not just insightful, but also a bit unconventional, possibly controversial, or even unheard of. And here's the interesting part. The advice can span across various domains. It can be about business acumen, self-development techniques, or health-related insights. So get ready for some thought-provoking, paradigm-shifting ideas that might just be the game-changer you've been looking for in your life and practice. Let's get started. Could your dental practice withstand the scrutiny of a HIPAA audit tomorrow? Or would it crumble under the pressure, risking patient trust and your hard-earned reputation? What happens when your dental office faces a HIPAA audit? It's a daunting thought, but with Dark Horse Tech, it's one less worry on your plate. They specialize in transforming the maze of HIPAA compliance into a straightforward path, ensuring that every digital step your practice takes is secure, compliant, and completely stress-free. HIPAA compliance is a promise to your patients. It's about safeguarding their privacy, securing their trust, and protecting the reputation you've worked so hard to build. Dark Horse Tech understands this. They're not just checking off a list. They're fortifying your practice against breaches with a comprehensive, ironclad approach to data security. Imagine a world where you can focus solely on your patients, knowing that all the digital intricacies, from patient records to appointment scheduling, are managed with the highest standard of privacy in mind. They handle the heavy lifting of compliance so you can lift the spirits and health of those you treat, your patients. Think about the value of peace of mind. Dark Horse Tech is offering that invaluable asset at no cost for the first month. That's right. They're so confident in their service that they're willing to demonstrate the unparalleled level of security and compliance they bring to your practice without you paying a penny for the first month. But why stop imagining? Make it a reality. Dive into Dark Horse Tech's HIPAA compliance services and discover how they can streamline your practice's operations while keeping patient data under lock and key. Embrace the freedom that comes from knowing your practice isn't just meeting HIPAA standards, it's setting them. So take the initiative. Don't wait for a compliance issue to find you. Take control with Dark Horse Tech. They're ready to show you just how seamless compliance can be. Claim your free month of service today and take the first step toward a future where HIPAA compliance is one less thing to worry about for good. Go in the show notes below, click the first link in the show notes below to check out the exclusive deal. Hey Daniel, so talk to us. What's one piece of advice you can give us this Monday morning? So my advice that I've always lived in is to start with the end in mind. I think a lot, what I've done in business and personal, and I know as a lot of help, people have done this, but what I, what I mean by that is when you can visualize what you want at the end of what you're doing, so let's say it's a race, school, or starting your dental office, whatever it is, is what do you want to end up with? So do you want to end up with five offices, or do you want to be a single practice owner um, 
and you want to just be a small little office and make be a $2 million office. But start with that $2 million in your mindset saying, I'm going to start here because then what you do, you can plan out to it. So it's like I do with my goals. All my goals is, is what do I want to accomplish at the end? And then I work my way backwards. And so I say, okay, if I'm going to run, so like I was talking to you a little bit, we ran the Disney half marathon. So mm-hmm. I start with my time. I'm, I know I have to run 13.1 miles. I want my time to be this. And then I work backwards. How do I get my time through workouts and training to get my end goal? Does that make sense? Same with the practice. So if I want to be a $2 million practice, what does that look like? Can I do it with one op or do I need five ops? Do I need one hygienist? Do I need three hygienists? And then plan it backwards and go backwards. So if it's $2 million office or a $5 million office, how does that look? I'm going to have to hire associates sometime. So you have to plan that and get that all planned out and be willing to be flexible. You know, I think the thing is when you start with end in mind is you have to be very, very flexible knowing things are going to come. We all know life goes ups and downs. And so when you, but, but when you have your end goal, it gives you something to shoot for. And my thing is I always shoot for bold. So like my end in mind might be a bold goal because I know a lot of us will set goals or, or, or and, and it'll just be something we know we can hit. And I like to do it a little bit harder. So like going back to the race, if I'm going to set a goal of, I usually run about an eight 30 minute pace for a, um, a half marathon. So if I set a goal for eight minutes, um, it's a bold goal, but then I have to push myself. So it gives me a reason to push knowing that I'm a little bit outside my comfort zone. So that's really my thing that the one piece of advice I'd give you is, is start with the end of mind and then work backwards. And that's, you can go for personal, you can go for school. If you're still in school, it can go for where you just start your business and even go if you're at the end of your career and you're looking to sell. So your end goal would be sell my practice. So let's say you're 50 years old or 55 and you want to get out in five years. So what does that look like? I want to sell it. Okay, what do you have to do to get to your, I want to sell my practice for X amount of dollars. So don't just have it as a, I want to sell my practice. Be specific. You know, we've all heard of smart goals, but be specific about it and then work your way backwards. Okay, well, I need to build up my patient base because I know my equipment and my building might not be worth as much as my patients. So that's would be my advice. And there's a lot of ways to do it. So lots of people have talked about this. It's in lots of books. But for me, it's always been the one thing that I've, done with my goals. And, I, and it's helped me achieve majority of my goals. Yeah. Like the reverse engineering part. Has it ever happened, Daniel, where halfway through the end kind of changes your oh, yeah. end goal? You're like, oh, and then it, it kind of just derails you from everything else right now. No, not derails. For me, when it changes like that, what happens is usually it changes where I, that end goal might switch to something else. So let me give you, this is um, something mm-hmm. in business. You know, I started a business eight, nine years ago. It started one way. And as that business started to grow, I realized there was another product that we were doing that was actually going to be better than what I started out with. So my angle was to get this one part of the business growing. And I realized probably a third of the way to know it, my business is going to go this other way. So all I did was readjust. I moved my goal saying, okay, this business is still viable, but I'm going to move it to what's really working. So I just readjusted the angle. So I don't think angles need to be a, uh, like a rock saying, I, I'm going to put my stake here and that's the only way I'm going to go. You have to be flexible knowing mm-hmm. that you might have that end in mind, but it can change. And if you're willing to be flexible with the change, usually it's even works even better because in a dental practice, you might have an angle of $5 million, you know, like you want to be a $5 million practice, but you realize, wait a second, you know, maybe it's not going to work in traditional dentistry. Maybe I'm going to end up bringing on an uh, endodontist or somebody mm-hmm. else like that where it's going to go a different direction, but it's going to bring me to my, my final goal. That's why if you... On your end goal, if you can uh, be specific about it, if you want to be flexible, it helps. So things do change. I mean, welcome. To, we all know life. 
I mean, I have four kids. I thought it was going to be easy. All my kids are going to be the same. Yeah, right. You know, they all have different personalities. They do different things. They like different things. And so you just have to be willing to uh, be flexible. But my own goal with my kids is get them an education, grow up in a happy home, things like that. And so the main part of it didn't change, but their personalities and what they want to do has all changed. Gotcha. Do you have like specific, like big, big. So for example, you said you own businesses, right? And I'm yep. sure the end goal for that was like, cause I want to have like freedom, right? I want to be, I don't want to have to clock in, clock out. I want to be able to do all this. Right. So I, that would be like the main, main goal. Right. And then you're kind yep. of reverse engineering. Okay. I need to own my own businesses. I need to do that. And this, has it ever been to a point where you're like, um, I'm not that you lose the vision of the end goal, but you're, you're stuck in a part of the goal for so long. And you're like, should I just give up? Should I change it? Should I do it's been years and I haven't even hit this yet. And it's another associate quit or another associate quit or something like that. Yeah. I don't think uh, the quit part of it is not something I would ever do, but adjusting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because I think um, if you're not willing to adjust, like you said, associates, I mean, if you're in a practice, we have five associates in our practice. So we have three practices. We just opened a fourth one. And so we have associates and you have team members quit. And so they derail, but that goal doesn't mean the goal needs to change. It just might put it out longer, right? So if you had a five-year goal and all of a sudden something happened, let's say you get divorced and mm -hmm. your, your spouse takes half your stuff, that goal doesn't need to change. You just might have to adjust it to a longer timeline, right? Or, you know, I was talking about businesses. My end goal was, was I call it beach time, where I kind of get to where I'm making money, where I can chill on the beach. So I'm on the beach and I'm still making money. It's just kind of a broad perspective. And so I realized in dentistry, we can make good money in dentistry. But really where we make the money in dentistry is doing other things, investing in other products. You know, when crypto was big a couple of years ago, I did a bunch of stuff into crypto, worked out very, very well for me. And I did it early enough on, but it's the same thing with stocks and investments, real estate, you know, those things that are, are long lasting investments, dentistry is going to be bread and butter. So for my goal, the, the end goal of, of beach time or, or have, making beach money was what do I have to do to surround myself other than dentistry that'll help me get there? Because dentistry is, it makes a great living. You're never going to get super wealthy being a dentist. Some people do. You hear people like, oh, I, I sold a DSL and I had 10, 15, 20 practices. Great. That, that's really, really good. But majority of dentists are not like that, right? Mm -hmm. They go to work like everybody else. They make a good living, but they don't become wealthy off of it. The ones that become wealthy are the ones that are willing to take a little risk in investing in other businesses or looking outside the box of saying, okay, dentistry is my main bread and butter, but what can I do? So if your end goal was to, let's say, retire at 50 with $20 million, whatever it is, Okay, dentistry is not going to get you that. So what other things you have to pull in, real estate might be one. And uh, you might want to invest in a, another company. Maybe somebody's coming out with a new um, intro oral camera that, hey, you should invest in this. Things like that. Where do you find little niches where you can invest in that can make more money? But with that, you have to be willing. I've done that a bunch in different things and you lose money too. And mm -hmm. so you do go up. It's like life, you go up and then you have setbacks. But it doesn't mean it changes that end goal. So those setbacks should actually just firm your resolution of, okay, what else do I need to do? Don't be stupid and keep investing in stupid things. Be smart, do your research. But the key is, is you always have dentistry to fall back on. Like dentistry is going to be bread and butter. So I tell people like, if you have extra money, you have to be willing to lose it. Money will help you make more money. I think that's where a lot of wealthy people become wealthy is because they use their money that they've made to make more money. And they don't sit on it. I mean, some are maybe frivolous with it, but most of them are pretty smart with what they have. And they invest in other things. And they counted on maybe two or two out of 10 things are going to work. But those two out of 10 things really do very well. And it can help them expound on um, their angle. Yeah. So, 
No, that's good. Can I ask, Daniel, what were the like two out of 10 things at the beginning for you where you're like, wait, I recommend you should invest in this. If somebody were to show you like their options. So for me, number one would be real estate. If you have a chance getting real estate, it can be a pain in the butt in the beginning. It's not a get rich tomorrow thing. It is a get rich long-term thing. You know, so buy your practice, buy your property for your practice, pay yourself a lease. You know, if you can buy other properties where maybe you, maybe it's in a strip mall, maybe it's, so it can be both commercial and residential. And then in the beginning, build it where you, if enough to where you can manage it, but eventually hand it off to somebody else to do it. It's the same thing with your team in your office. You know, you're not answering the phones, doing hygiene. You hire people to do those things for you. And it's the same thing with real estate. You get to a certain point where you're like, all right, I need somebody to manage my buildings. They manage all my stuff for me. I'm going to pay them a percentage. It still works out for you very, very well in the long run. And then the second part is do the investing, you know, stocks, all that stuff, whatever you want to find. That's another good way where it's a long-term. Short-term is just, you got to find things that maybe are new into the market. It doesn't have to be dentistry. Um, it can be really anything. And so find groups or people that you can uh, trust and be willing to lose money. So mm-hmm. those investments, those are the ones that are going to make you the most money, the ones that are risky. So like, for example, uh, I talked about crypto. I mm-hmm. invested a bunch of money into crypto, um, man, five years ago into crypto farms where they actually made do. And I even built my own crypto machines because I want to know how it all works. I built. Wow. Yeah. So I, if you looked in my office, I have a pet in our back, one of our back rooms. I probably have a hundred crypto mining machines that are just chilling there now because crypto is just doing okay. Yeah. So it's either break even, but when it started, I just took a chance and it made me very, very good money. I got, I got lucky. That's really what it was. It, it was an up and coming thing. COVID happened it. And so crypto prices just skyrocketed, but it's those type of things that can help you. Now, not everybody's going to do those things, but the best thing about that is I was, when I invested into those things, I realized like if I lost it all, I still had my, my job and I still had my brain. And mm-hmm. I think that's where people forget, like get so worried about either you or a spouse or, or some of you get worried about losing everything and they don't want to start over because all of us get comfortable. But the ones that can make real good money are willing to lose it, knowing that if I lost everything today, tomorrow I'd start over. And I know that I can make it all back by working hard and just doing what I know, right? It's not like, it's not like when we're starting over. Mm-hmm. I think people would think like, oh, you're not going to have any money, you're not going to have any food. No, that's not how that works. If you, if you have a practice and you're working, you're still making money, you can still put food on the table. You just lost everything you invested in. So let's say if it's $300,000 or $500,000 or a million dollars, you lose all that. It's gone. It sucks. It does suck. But you can start over again. And I think that's where a lot of people get a little nervous because they're like, I just I can't <laughs> risk this $50,000. Really? Like $50,000 for a chance to maybe make a quarter million dollars. It's risky. But would you really be that worse off if you lost that $50,000? I mean, yeah, it sucks, but it's not going to kill you. Like you're not going to lose your house. You're not losing your family. You're not going to not have food on your table. I mean, we live in America. We've done mission trips in different parts of the country for dentistry. And you see the way other people live and you're like, mm-hmm. man, dirt floors, buckets in the corner for the bathrooms. We would never have to worry about that. And yeah. so it, it's just a kind of a different mindset. So a lot of it, all this still down to mindset. Like, no, we start with the end in mind. Having a mindset of moving forward no matter what. Being able to adjust as needed and then being willing to take risks. Nice. Awesome, Daniel. Thank you so much for this. And I appreciate it. And if anyone has further questions, where can they reach out to you? Will you put a link up or something like that? They can mm-hmm. just reach out to me if they want to call me or send me an email, either either one. Like I have no issue talking to people what we've done, me and my brother, to build our practices and also invest into other things. Like it's, I'm not a financial advisor. So this is just would be 
just what we've done. Everybody's going to have their own thing, but that would be the best thing. I'll give you that information. They can just reach out to me. Awesome. So guys, that's going to be in the show notes below. So definitely check that out. And at the same time, Daniel, thank you so much for being with me on this Monday morning episode. Yeah. Thanks for having me.